God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, you, you. Yes, Lord, and even you. Welcome. Welcome, one and all. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget, where 15 minutes of your day can change, will change. If you allow God to do it, it will absolutely transform your entire life. So grateful to God that he has given us yet another opportunity to be able to be in the land of the living. Guess what? Those that are in the graveyard cannot give that testimony. But yet and still, God has blessed you to be able to have that same testimony. And for that, we are grateful. Let's talk to the Lord. Father, we glorify you and we bless you now, God. We thank you, God, for still loving us, still trusting us, still looking upon us, God, still protecting us, still providing for us, giving us another breath in our body, giving us another heartbeat, giving us the ability of our limbs, giving us the clapping of our hands, giving us the stumping of our feet. God, we thank you. We thank you, God, because you give Christmas gifts every day just by giving us life. And God, we would be so selfish. We would be so remiss. We would be so out of turn to not bless you for all it is that you have done for us. You are continuously blessing us, even when we don't feel like we're blessed. God, you turn around and bless us again. And God, we are so grateful. God, we thank you today, God, for, again, this um opportunity to be able to study your word for the next to last time on the Power Nugget for 2023. God, you've been gracious, and of course, you've been kind, and we would uh, 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 be so short to not praise you. Now, God, as we jump into your word once again on this morning, God, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for these that have joined me weekly, God, hearing what you have to say on Wednesday morning. God, I want to thank you for how your word has blessed us and kept us and protected us and provided for us. And yes, God, even corrected us all throughout the course of the year. God, you have just been wonderful. And God, I thank you, God, that you have never allowed one Wednesday morning to come where you have not spoken to us. And God, we're asking you once again, God, speak to us. God, speak to us in such a way, God, that we will not be able to deny that we have been spoken to by you. God, we glorify you. God, we honor you. And God, we praise you now. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and ask it all. Amen and amen. Again, I want to thank God for just giving us another opportunity to hear the word of the Lord and to give it an opportunity to change our lives. On this morning, our travels through the word of God takes us to the gospel of Luke, the gospel of Luke. We will go to the second chapter. We will read the first seven verses a familiar passage of scripture to many. Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. Reading from the New American Standard Bible, the word of God reads as follows. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken by, excuse me, taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, 
in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her first son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn and laid him in a manger for there was no room for them in the inn. And the word of the Lord is blessed. I know you're so used to me reading longer, but on this morning, with the time that I have left, I want to talk to you from just this simple devotional thought. Don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. If I were to give this a subtitle, I will call it The Unexpected Majesty of Christ. The the Unexpected Majesty of Christ. I don't know how often it is, you all, that we look at certain things or we look at certain environments and we make an assessment of what the outcome is of the people, of the situation, of the circumstance because of what our eyes see or what we have experienced previously. Uh, it's it's not often that I, I do this on a, a Wednesday morning devotional, but there was a circumstance on yesterday where my husband and I are members of, of different boards, different executive committees, and my husband had one of his meetings yesterday, a board meeting, and uh, he came home from the meeting and he said at the end of the meeting there were bags by the door and of course as customary with some places um, during this time they want to show thanks and appreciation for your cooperation for your involvement and so they all were instructed the board members to grab a bag on the way out grab a bag on the way out and they were told, you know, and if you don't like it, it, it was bought by this particular place and you're able to actually, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, exchange it or, or return it, you're, you're happy to do so. And uh, if anyone knows anything about my husband, he is uh, one that he is grateful that anyone's ever thought about him and, as you know, does it does anything for him. And so he went, he picked up the bag, the bag was unassuming, said thank you or Merry Christmas or whatever on the outside. But when he looked in the inside, the value of what was given to him far exceeded what the external looked like. And he was just astounded by the value of what was given to each board member. We're not talking about two or three board members, but we're talking about a decent number of board members. And he was astounded by the value of what was given to each board member. 
And you also, again, so very often based on our experiences or based on what we are accustomed to, we tend to make snap judgments on what will be given to us, snap judgments on the value of something that is, is given to us simply because of what it looks like on the outside. Well, you all, uh, the same thing could have happened to this little baby who was born in an eating trough, a feeding trough. That's what a manger is, a feeding trough in a barn because there was no room for him to be born in the end. He was too far away from a hospital. Anyone could have assumed, oh, my goodness, they couldn't even afford to be able to have someplace uh, adequate, someplace that is far better for this baby who was supposed to be considered a king according to what was told to Mary and what was told to Joseph about this king. Surely the the the, the God who has allowed for this, this teenager to uh, be the mother of this child, surely he would make some other type of arrangements for this king, this 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 savior of the world to be born in. But Jesus was born with humble beginnings, was born with meager beginnings, and it didn't just stop there. His whole earthly life, if you looked at it, will cause us to underestimate the depth and the power of his mission if we got uh, confused by the outside, the exterior uh, uh, um, view of Jesus' life. Let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about where we just were in Luke 2. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus was born again in a feeding trough, a manger, a place where animals are fed. Um, and that trough, it symbolizes his humanity, not only his humanity, but his accessibility. Isn't it good to know that this Savior, this King, uh, uh, came in such a modest setting that it defies the worldly expectation of, of splendor, of power, of grandeur. If we were to go and look at uh, Philippians 2, the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus, uh, even though he came in such a, a humble and meager way, he still was who he was to be, the Bible says, that even though he existed in the form of God, not a God, but God, he didn't regard himself equal with God in such a way that he was not to ascertain uh, what his mission was, but he emptied himself out, taking the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And because he was found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself to obedience, even to the death of the cross. You are his birthplace is a reminder to not equate a, a, a grandeur with significance. Let's not overlook the value or potential of a person or a situation 
in humble beginnings or because of modest circumstances. Well, it didn't stop there. Let's keep going. Uh, we could talk about his humble birth, but we could also talk about him being a lowly carpenter. We can talk about him being a lowly carpenter. Uh, he didn't live a lofty life. No, 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 no. Jesus was known as the carpenter. Carpentry was a common trade back then. It was an ordinary. It was a labor-intensive profession. And you all, that, that contrasts sharply with what society would expect of a savior or of a king. Mark uh, 6 and 3 says that uh, people looked when he was going around starting his ministry saying, is not this the carpenter, the, the son of Mary, the, the, the brother of James and, 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 and uh, Judas and, and Simon are not his sisters here with us? And they got real upset. The Bible says that they took offense. At him, and then Jesus responded and said, "A prophet is not honored even in his own country." You all, Jesus was looked upon as any other person. Who is he, you all, to uh, come and tell us about anything? You all, we cannot get so hung up in the fact that Jesus came in meager beginnings, and he uh, 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 lived his life as a simple man. Uh, the Bible goes on to say that God has always taken the foolish things, the simple things of the world, to do what? To confound the wise. You all, Jesus' life as a carpenter teaches us that the ordinary value of ordinary work and potential of God's work in everyday life should not ever cause us to uh, stop at the outward appearance and not value the dignity in everything that someone would say or do. Let me go ahead and finish before I run out of time. Not only did he have a humble birth, not only did he function as an, a, a just ordinary carpenter, but you all, he was a king that rode on a donkey. I wish somebody would grab a hold to this. A king who rode on a donkey. Back then, king, you know, kings would come in and they rode on stallions. They, they came in with regalia. But this king had a triumphant entry into Jerusalem on a donkey, not on a majestic horse. And you all, it symbolizes, it symbolized his peace and his humility. And it, 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 it subverted the, the expectation of being a conquering war-like king, you all. His choice of coming in on a donkey is a lesson in humility and the redefinition of power. What am I trying to say to y'all this morning? You all, while we are still journeying through Advent, as we're getting closer to the day where we celebrate the entry of our king, let us be reminded to look beyond the external. Huh. Look beyond the external and find some time to reflect on the areas where you may have misjudged 
what it looked like on the surface, the situations, the circumstances that you're dealing with on the surface of your life and recognize the potential that God will use in your life as he takes those simple things and confounds the wise in your life as you're elevated to higher heights and deeper depths. You all don't judge a book by its cover. Let's pray. Father, we glorify you and we bless you now. We give you honor and we give you praise. God, we pray on today that as we reflect on your humble beginnings, let it not diminish our respect for your power. God bless us as we go about our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless each and every one of you. Have an amazingly God-blessed day in Jesus' name.